Welcome to the Mr. Vincent Podcast. I'm your host, Emmanuel Vincent, and it's the first podcast of the new year, so you know I'm excited. Looking to get this podcast off to a good start in 2021. It's wildcard weekend, one of the most excited times of the year, so it's only right that this podcast focuses on that. Um, As yesterday, me and the homie E is late in the evening, um, did record, uh, gave our thoughts on the games. A lot of great games on on the slate for Saturday and Sunday. So we talked about what teams have the upper hands and what we expect to see transpire throughout the games. Um, Then we also did have to address um, the elephant in the room. Um, What transpired down in the nation's capital a couple of days ago. Let's call it what it is. Domestic terrorism at its finest. Um, At this point, it's not even about politics for me. It's about good versus bad. Moral versus immoral. Um, I don't give a damn about politics anymore. Um, I think it just comes down to just that, as I mentioned. So we have to address that in the pod. Um, so we can actually get into it right now. It's the first podcast of the new year, the Mr. Vincent Podcast. Tap in. So, so we got the uh, wild card coming up this weekend. Are you excited about these matches? Yeah, we have set up for the weekend. Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a, there's definitely like a f- several good ones, several good ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I figured we could talk about most of them. Mm-hmm. You know, so we can start off with game one Saturday one fifteen. Uh, we got Colts at Bills. Mm-hmm. Um, now Bills are on a hard streak, winning their last six games, including the week seventeen uh, debacle of the uh, Dolphins fifty six twenty six. This team, a lot of people feel like they could be coming out of the. Um, AFC for the Super Bowl and not the Chiefs, mm-hmm. right? Do you think there's any chance that the Colts can pull off the upset in this one? Uh, I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say no. I don't think it's not a possibility. Um, you know, Josh Allen is playing out of his mind. He's basically playing at like a, you know, he's kind of playing at an all pro level, both as like a just an efficient quarterback and a and just an overall playmaker. Like he's just been, you know, they they started off hot. They had a little bit of a swoon where they kind of were trending down and then they just were trending upwards towards the end of the season where Josh Allen really kind of like hit his groove and adjusted to league adjustments to him. But um, um, the one thing that that is important here is that the Colts have a really good defense. They have a really good defense. And what they also have is a great offensive line and good running backs. You know, Jonathan Taylor finished third in rushing. And the Bills, you know, they've shown some susceptibility to, to strong running teams. So the Colts definitely have a chance. Do I think they're going to win? I don't. But they definitely have a chance in this game. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they, they, they do have a chance. I mean, any given Sunday type of mentality can happen in the wild card weekend. They call it wild card for a reason. But I just feel like, like the zone that Josh Allen's in, his report that he's built with um, Stephon Diggs over these last several games is like that. I think that they've really primed at least to get to the AFC Championship game. Yeah, and and it's kind of it's kind of it's the, it's an interesting thing where the Colts are just really good up the middle. DeForest Buckner is probably one of the best defensive tackles in football. I would probably say, you know, they, they you know at, there's Aaron Donald kind of in a league by himself, but you know maybe like. Uh, Chris Jones might be right after him, but DeForest Buckner is probably right up there with him. And he's a, he's a, he's a, he just wrecks everything. And they have Darius Leonard at linebacker, and then they're just really good at safety. So the middle of the field is really good. But, you know, Josh Allen can attack the outsides with Diggs and uh, John Brown. They're not great at running the football. They probably not, wouldn't even be able to run the football much anyway against this Colts defense. I do think you'll probably it'll probably be like a case where Josh Allen ends up leading the team in rushing when this when all the stats are compiled. But I definitely think with the zone that he's playing in, he's kind of really kind of started to really trend upward and hit his peak where he's just really confident in his playmaking ability and he's really cut down on the bad mistakes. Yeah, yeah, and you made a good point about the um the run the run for the um for the Bills. Like, I, yeah, like he's gonna have to lead the team in r- rushing yards too as well, Josh Allen, to win this game. I see that. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Oh, oh. 
Go ahead. Along along with being like proficient in the air as well. Yeah, I think I think he's going to be proficient regardless. Even though again, that Colts defense is very good, but I don't I don't you know that that Bills offensive line it isn't great. It's I the running backs aren't great. Um, I would say they're probably closer to bad than they are to average. So I don't see them getting much burn or doing much damage against this Colts defense. I think it's going to be the Josh Allen show. (laughs) And he, and from what I've seen so far, he is up to the task. Yeah, because it's crazy. I, 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 during my research, I found out that they have uh, the best first down passing game, the Bills, that is, um, per pro football outside of DVOA. So they're going to have a, a hard task on their hands um, of slowing them down. Yeah. And, and, and having them, like, not keep moving the chains. Because that defense can get worn down over, over the game. Absolutely. He's, he's just so dangerous as a playmaker. It's it's wild. And it, it sucks that we have to have him in our division for the next, like, <laughs> you know, decade plus. That's really disappointing. But, you know, the Bills finally found that guy. And, you know, he was really, really raw coming out of, coming out of college. And kudos to them. They developed him and they turned him into a guy who's probably going to be in the MVP conversation more than once in his career. Oh, yeah. I, I, I can see him being in the conversation for the next several years. Yeah. For sure, he's he's he's, he's that talented. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, the Bills got to worry about too because they that they have been like missing a lot of tackles recently too. Mm-hmm. So that can prevent them from getting to the divisional round. Mm-hmm. But overall, I, I think that they got that locked. Absolutely, I, I definitely, I, I do think it's like a lock. I do think the Colts have a chance. You know, there's especially when it comes to like the playoffs. There's never really like a guarantee, but I definitely am very confident. In the Bills, up until the point they reach, um, or well, if they reach the AFC Championship game against the Chiefs, hmm. yeah. All right, so we can fast forward too to the uh, the afternoon game that day. Mm-hmm. We got Seahawks at Rams at four fifteen. Um, a rematch of uh, I forget the week that they played when they beat them nine at nine. Uh, twenty to nine, Seahawks won. I think it was what the was it was the week of Christmas, so I think it was week sixteen or fifteen. Okay, um, I'm, but I remember that game. Yeah, I'm gonna have to double check that because I put week seventeen for some reason, like a dummy. But in that game, I mean, Russ killed it, twenty of thirty two, two twenty five yards, one touchdown, one uh, rush touchdown as well too. Um, is they even going to play in this game? Has it been announced yet? If Goff's going to play, because I didn't see. Anything. So Goff is still questionable, but he actually came back to practice this week from being out with his injured thumb. So I think it's still up in the air. I don't really know. Um, I think the, the the likelihood is more on him playing, given that they're playing the Rams and they're probably not going to win if Goff doesn't play. You know, it when it comes down to it, you know, the games between the Seahawks and the Rams, they're generally like defensive struggles. Uh, mm-hmm. Aaron Donald generally makes just a big impact because he's a Hall of Fame defensive tackle and probably just the best overall defender in the game. And Jalen Ramsey, he's shown that he can shut down DK Metcalf. So, so honestly, I it's it, I think you know. The Rams will do their damage on defense, and I think the Seahawks will maybe do their do their damage on offense. I think the key matchup is the Seahawks defense, which has kind of been on a an upward swing, especially since they got back Jamal Adams healthy. I think it's it's definitely about the Seahawks defense versus the Rams offense, which, in my opinion, is like maybe like a toss up or maybe advantage Seahawks given like the situation at quarterback because one golf was kind of trending downwards towards the end of the season. And then you add the injury on top of that. That's, that's not like a good sign going into a playoff game. Mm, yeah, it's definitely not a good sign. It's, I, I'm not sure how, how, how would he, he, he would be efficient with that injury. And you made you brought a good point about Metcalf. Metcalf was Metcalf was, was held relatively in check both of their um, meetings in the season, large part due to Jalen Ramsey. So I think I think that's be something to look out for. People kind of like force it because don't get me wrong, DK Metcalf is great and he's going to continue to be great and he's going to like continue to improve. But DK Metcalf isn't as good as people think. 
he makes a lot of splash plays a lot like it's all like you know the big deep balls and stuff like that but he doesn't really have like a lot of like bread and butter catches you know just like a simple slant or like a comeback or something like that that's just not that's not been a thing for him because he's he's still not really a he's not a great route runner yet he still needs to improve in that regard and Jalen Ramsey is a big, lengthy corner who can who who's made to lock down big, like kind of like straight line receivers like DK Metcalf. So it makes like complete sense that that um that Ramsey would be able to lock him down. Like he played, he used to put when he was at Florida, Florida State, he used to play both he was a hybrid safety and corner, so he's physical. <laughs> he's physical and he's got good speed and he's got good size. So he's like tailor made to shut down a guy like Metcalf. Yeah, I mean, I think this game might be a, a pick 'em. Honestly, out of all the games that we have, this yeah, like to I, way, it be yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I do think the Seahawks will win this just because of some of the issues that were kind of showing themselves on the offense and then Goff being like a big question mark as to whether or not he'll play at all. And then, you know, he has a thumb injury on his throwing hand Mm -hmm. that, that to me is definitely like an issue, but you know, I, I, I think the game will be pretty close. Like you, you know, usually, usually when it comes to like these Rams Seahawks games, it's usually like one, maybe like one score, you know, like one touchdown and, and like maybe like a field goal either way. I think the last game was like nine to 20. So it wasn't, it wasn't like a blowout. It's a, usually, usually they, they slug it out. Well, yeah, I mean, it's a division, divisional rivalry. They got yeah. a, um, a great feel for each other. Yeah, um, I also, yep. And it's actually week 16 when they played, I'm, I was bugging. Right. And then like, and like, you know, like Russell's going to have his hands full with Donald and Brockers arguably the best defensive duo in the league. Yeah. Yeah. That, you know, the, the Rams defense, it's kind of, they have, you know, they had Aaron Donald and then when they added Jalen Ramsey, they kind of have like, they have two fulcrums to kind of spin the rest of their defense around and change up their looks and do things. So it's going to be very interesting to see what Staley comes up with. Uh, Staley, the Rams defensive coordinator, what he comes up with for this Seahawks game. Given they probably have a lot of tape on each other and given that to division rivals. But I, I think Aaron Donald will show up. Jalen Ramsey will show up. I, I honestly, again, it's more of a, what does the Rams offense do versus that Seahawks defense? Mm. Yeah. 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 I, w- I would definitely have to go with the Seahawks. I, I trust Russell Wilson more than I trust Jared Goff. I wouldn't thumb. blame you. And that's, that's where I'm going to. <laughs> good thumb or no good thumb. Facts. I'm going, I'm going I'm to ride with um, Russell Wilson in this game. Thanks. All right. So then we have the nightcap on Saturday, Tampa Bay at uh, the football team. That's mm-hmm. disgusting. The fact that they got to go to the road to play a team in the worst division, or probably one of the worst divisions ever, at least for a season, mm-hmm. that the Bucks have to go on the road. Yo, they might have to change that rule, man. Eh, again, you know. I mean, I'm... I get it. I get the politics behind it and whatnot yep. and what that would entail. But come on, really? You know what? I'm fine with it. It's a rare occurrence, and we've seen it work out and kind of make for great games and great stories. You know, people always talk about the beast quake run that Marshawn Lynch did against the the Saints in that playoff game years back. Epic. You know, I hell, I actually saw it recently. I saw like someone. Um, the, the um, but the ringer did like a story about um, the beast quake run, and it's just like who knows what could happen. Um, but yeah, it's it's this matchup is interesting because it's Brady versus a four man rush that can get home without blitzing. That's never a good thing for Brady. Um, you know the offense had, has been clicking lately. For all the people who said Brady was washed, he finished top three in yards and touchdowns. But, you know, the Bucks they play down to opponents 
a lot on both sides. They of, do. Yeah, they, they play down to opponents a lot on both sides of the ball. And then, you know, they'll try to get it together late in games. So they had that, they they had that like that game, the first game against Atlanta where they were down heavy. You know, the second game against Atlanta, they, they torched them. But it could definitely be a problem for Brady in this game if he has to like deal with that pass rush and must throw situations playing from behind because we've talked about it before. Bruce Arians' offense, the ball, the you know, the 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 routes don't develop as quickly. They're they're further downfield. There isn't as much quick there aren't as many quick throws in the offense as he Brady's was used to when he was in New England. And against a team with like a really strong four man rush that can definitely be problematic. Um, you know, but you know, and also the Mike Evans situation where he hyperextended his knee on Sunday. Um, from what I'm seeing, it looks like he's going to be okay, but the Bucks are playing on like Saturday afternoon and he basically injured his knee last Sunday. So if he plays, I don't know if he'll be anywhere near 100%, but they do got wide receivers for days though. Exactly. Yeah, man. And thank God that wasn't worse than what it looked like. Cause I was like, oh man. Yeah, you don't want to see that. He's out for the season. Yeah, I didn't want to see yeah. that at all. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Like, Bray's been on a on a roll with the Bucks recently, winning four straight after their week 13 bye. The team averages for 37 points per game. Brady had in that span 12 TDs, one interception. What do you think about Chase Young providing Brady with uh with bulletin board material? Not that Brady even needs that, but the fact that he's actually doing that, knowing Brady's history when that happens. I don't know. I feel like it's it's like brash and young. I, you know, giving Brady bulletin board material isn't a great idea, but uh, it's fine. I'm fine with it. Uh, I think he's Chase Young. I like Chase Young. He, his leadership ability. I think he's going to show up to play. I do think that that pass rush is probably going to make some plays. Um, it's just going to be important for Arians and Byron Leftwich to realize that and maybe try to put in some quick throws to Antonio Brown and let him maybe just run after the catch to, to let Brady get into a good rhythm and get the ball out of his hands quickly. Yeah. I mean, you brought up a good point too earlier. Like they do play down to their opponents a lot. I mean, we've seen that against the bears, obviously this season yep. too. Um, and this, and this defense is, is legit. As you mentioned, ranked, um, pro, ranked um, the second ranked defense, total defense this season, yep. at the football team. Um, so they're going to, the, this game can actually be a lot closer than what people expect. Um, and also, too, Devin Devin White outdo the COVID nineteen. Exactly. So, that's a bad hit. so that's definitely a bad hit. And you know, Antonio Gibson can definitely he's a dual threat running back. And man, I wanted Antonio Gibson for the Patriots so bad. <laughs> Taylor made for for the Patriots, but uh, you know, Alex Smith ain't. I don't Alex Smith. I know he's not the kind of quarterback who will win games for you, but he's also not the kind of quarterback who will lose games for you. Yeah. It, it, He's the perfect game he, manager in this situation. Per- all, all he has to do is play, just stay the course. Yeah, yeah. I think they, they, you know, they can pull Terry McLaurin. You kind of their number one wide receiver. He's he's a good player. He's a really good wide receiver. Uh, you know, so I feel like the Washington offense, while it's not great by any means, it's kind of a low, uh, high floor, low ceiling kind of a deal for them as it relates to this game. So it's all up. It's all on the Bucks. It's whether or not they they can play up to their talent or whether they play down to their opponent. And I'm not sure what's going to happen. We'll see. You know, we all know Brady has, has more playoff experience than anybody else in the league. Probably several people. <laughs> you could probably put several, <laughs> several players together, maybe to, to, to measure, try to even get close to his playoff resume. So we'll see. Exactly. Hey man. I mean, you brought up Alex Smith, like, I'm really, really happy for him. And I mean, after all that he's been through with that crazy injury that he had, and to be in the position to be playing in a, a wild card weekend, like that, got to be like, like, like it's such a great feeling for him, like internally, to even be in this position after what he's come up, after what he's been uh, went through this whole time during the whole rehab process. The doubters are saying he could never come back today, almost having his leg amputated. It's like. I'm really happy for him, man. I wouldn't be mad if they won the game. I would be happy for him. You know, um, yeah, I wouldn't be mad if they won the game. You know, yeah, yeah. you know, Patriots are out, so you know, I'm cheering for Brady. 
but it, the Alec, Alex Smith story and what he's had to go through and the fact that he's in this position, like that's, that's really like a great story, a really, really great story. And given what this, what the circumstances look like, you know, it may be a situation where this is like his last year starting for, for, for Washington, maybe he gets one more year, but um, I hope he uh, gets, he does well in these playoffs and maybe he gets a chance going forward if he wants it. Yeah, man. Like, I hope he gets a chance going forward too. I mean, I want to, I want to, I'm, I'm rooting for him. No lie. <laughs> After all he's been through and seeing that he's come back and, and he's persevered. Absolutely. How can you not, root, how can you not root for somebody like that in that situation? Yeah. So I see some people like, maybe it was on first take that was saying, if the Bucks were to lose, like, would that be like, like but a knock against Brady in in the grand scheme of things with his legacy. No. I think that's crazy. What do you no. say? No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's he's playing in God knows how many AFC championship games. He has six Super Bowl rings. You know, he geez in his first year with the team, he finished top three in the league in yards and touchdowns. They won more games. He he only threw twelve interceptions compared to like what, um, thirty? He threw more touchdowns. Like he's playing out of his mind at forty-three years old. Like they can't. Nobody. There's nobody in this league who can tell Tom Brady anything. I do expect the Bucks to win the game, and so I don't think that'll even like come up. But even if they like lost, no one can tell them nothing. Plus, I also think they're definitely going to be like right back in it next year. With a real training camp, yes. Uh, with more, more, with more report build, I, I, I feel the same way. I mean, I can see where people will come at. They'll probably try to take the stance that, oh, see, he needs break. He needs Belichick rather um, in the games that matter the most in January. He needs him if it was to have like a, a subpar, well, well below his standards type of performance. Which I don't see that. Happening. I mean, it's it's you know, have him having a tough game is definitely like a possibility again because Tampa can rush four. But in a lot of those, a lot of those scenarios, it was he didn't have the weapons that he have where he could attack the outside of the game, or you know you can't just sit there and rush for and drop to the middle of the field against Brady like you used to when he was in New England, because that was really where he and that was really where he attacked. They would kind of they would they would rush for and then try to make him hold on to the ball by clogging up the middle of the field and then clogging up kind of the short stuff. And they wanted him to, to go over the top or go to like the outside. This isn't this, he's in an offense now where that's exactly what they want to do. So, so we'll see <laughs> how that works. It's definitely going to be the most important thing is going to be that Washington pass rush, whether or not they can get home, but the Bucks do have a very good offensive line. You know, Tristan Wirfs, low key at right tackle. He's a rookie. He probably should make the all pro team. I think he likely might. It's, it's, it's all, it's definitely going to be. That's that's probably the matchup of the game is the Washington defensive line versus the Bucks offensive line. Exactly, and like Ron Ron Jones, he got to be like he, he got to like put some working on the ground. And it' gonna he be definitely won't. All right, so yeah, let's um take a quick break here, then we'll come back and talk about Absolutely. the Sunday matches. All right, so Sunday, 105, Ravens at Titans, a rematch of the divisional round last year when the Titans came into Baltimore and obliterated them 28-12. to 12. Um, Do you see uh, that reoccurring again I this don't. time around? Um, only because – so the Ravens, you know, they, they had some easy games and then they started to have like a real – Mid-season swoon where it was they lost Nick Boyle, they're blocking tight end, they lost, you know, Ronnie Stanley, they were all pro left tackle, they were just having a lot of issues and they couldn't really throw the ball well, they couldn't run the ball well, it was just uh, kind of like a disaster and then late in the season they kind of picked back up again. And I think a big key to that was um, the emergence of J.K. Dobbins, you know, J.K. Dobbins, so 
what the the Ravens used to do is they would run up the gut with their running backs, and then Lamar would press the edges of the defense with his runs. And, you know, Dobbins emerged, and he's averaging like six yards a carry. He's the guy that gets on the edge for big runs now. So it kind of flips it where Lamar can take advantage of the, of Dobbins carrying like a linebacker when he goes in motion, and he can now run quarterback power and go up the gut or throw into the middle of the field, which teams that's what they wanted to take away because that's where Lamar is best at throwing the football. Plus he's been like a lot more decisive. Like now he's like, maybe I think maybe early in the season, he was trying to be like a, like a more of a, like trying to be a more of a pure passer where he was trying to go through his progressions and it just wasn't working. Now it's like, he's kind of like maybe looking for like one or two guys. And if he doesn't like what he sees, he's taken off and it's, and it's been way more beneficial to that Ravens offense. Okay. Yeah, that's true. I mean, the, the best running attack in the league, we got that, that there in the Ravens, but I mean, I think all the presses on Lamar Jackson this weekend to perform well, because he's already had two chances to perform well in the playoffs and his first two um, makes some yep. part to say the least, we, we can we, we, we can agree right there, right? And all right. So now with the third time around, it's like three strikes you're out. Not to say like he's not going to be the the quarterback for the future anymore for the Baltimore Ravens, but there might be some rumblings internally in the organization. Like, is this guy really our guy going forward? Can we actually like win it all with him as our quarterback? I mean, I think that th- I think that's absolutely natural that that those thoughts would rumble within the uh, organization if he was to be subpar. Not that they lose. But if they lose, then he's like, subpar. yeah. I think I don't. I for, I for some reason I just don't feel like he's going to be subpar, even though we've seen that from him. I I feel like this game feels like a toss up to me, and I think the Ravens will be in it. And I also think the Titans will be in it, and you know, it kind of just ultimately depends on maybe who who makes just the most most plays and who's just more devastating in the run game. You know, Derrick Henry pushed for 2,000 yards of the season. I didn't see that coming. Wow. He's – and and, and low-key, a, a different thing. He's the um, – I think he's the – of all the two – there have been – so there have been six 2,000-yard rushers. Of the 2,000-yard rushers, mm-hmm. Derrick Henry is the only one who did it when nobody on his, on his offensive line made the Pro Bowl. Like, that, that's how good he is. <laughs> yeah. That's insane. <laughs> And it's crazy that he's not even getting MVP consideration. I mean, we know it's either going to be most likely Aaron Rodgers, if not Pat Mahomes. But, like, the fact that he's not even, like, really getting considerable MVP consideration just lets you know that that, that award might, might as well just be the QB yeah, absolutely. MVP. So this is honestly kind of like the game that I really want to see. Like, I feel like it's going to be like a slugfest. And it kind of also – the Ravens have a good defense. And, you know, I'm going to be interested to see what they do versus, you know, Derrick Henry and the play-action passes with Ryan Tannehill. I think Ryan Tannehill is just going to be very efficient. If if they can't at least slow down Derrick Henry, it's going to be – probably going to be a really tough day for them. But I think this is definitely going to be like a slugfest and like must-watch TV. Oh, no, it's definitely going to be a must-watch game. Um, now, in week 11, they actually met, too, when the uh, Titans won in overtime through that monster mm-hmm. run by Derrick Henry, 30-24. Um, to 24. Now, Lamar threw for 186 yards, one TD, and one pick mm-hmm. in, that, in that game. So, if he has st- a similar stat line, rather, a similar stat line, right, you would think that there's no way right. they're going to win that game. I mean, it's – Okay. The thing that you got you to gotta really think about is – J.K. Dobbins is kind of like the big X factor for them where he really wasn't originally at, you know, when they were playing in, you know, in the regular season. J.K. Dobbins has kind of been like a second half or maybe like like fourth quarter emerger. And he's kind of really taken the reins mm-hmm. from Mark Ingram as like the number one running back on that roster. Mark Ingram is kind of more of a up the gut physical kind of runner. J.K. Dobbins is getting on the edge, taking the toss sweeps, making plays in space, you know, really making big plays. So I think that that guy used to be Lamar Jackson, and now they kind of have two of them 
where they can both be on the field at the same time and they have two players who are both dynamic in the run game and not necessarily just like more physical kind of thumpers like Mark Ingram what is. Mm. Yeah. Yes. I mean, that, that bounce that is crazy that they have on the ground. And I mean, I'm not going to knock on Lamar because he has been more proficient in the passing mm-hmm. game over the last several games. So that possibly can carry into the playoffs. And it does help that they got mm-hmm. a look at them last year to have a, have an idea of what I think. I think it's kind year. of like kind of a, a one hand washing the other kind of situation where because Dobbins can get on the edge of the defense now, it kind of frees Lamar Jackson up to really attack the middle, both running and throwing. And he's and that's where he's at his best. Before that wasn't really a thing that was possible for him, but it is now, and they've really picked things up as a result. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, I definitely that might be. Uh, it's not the most exciting game on Sunday. No, mm-hmm. no, no. We got more games on Sunday. So we can move on to the next contest. We got at 4.40 p.m., Bears at um, the Big Easy down in, down in New Orleans, the Saints. Saints have gone through a lot this year, injuries, COVID-19. Um, but I would still like them in this game. Um, what's your thoughts? Uh, on this I, I think right now Sunday? the Bears are like a nine-and-a-half-point underdog, which is like huge. Uh, to be honest, I don't even – I mean, I put thought – it's because Mitchell, it's yeah, because I mean, of Trubisky. People like hate, you know, hating on Trubisky and kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop. Trubisky's been playing really well. <laughs> Trubisky's been playing really well. David <laughs> Montgomery finished top five in rushing, and I don't think it will matter one iota. I feel like the Bears are going to get washed. It's going to be plainly obvious that Saints defense is probably going to eat the Bears' offense alive. Saints are going to do their thing on the other side of the ball. Even though they had a uh, gazillion running backs out last week, I think Alvin Kamara is. Yeah, I think Alvin Kamara is doing his thing remotely. You know, the Bears' defense is good, but I think they'll the Saints will be up up to the task. I think I think you know I the Saints are probably the Saints versus the Bears is probably like the safest pick for me, and I just think the Saints are going to, like, watch them. Yeah, I mean, like, Michael Thomas is expected to play, even though he's been hampered by an ankle injury all season. How how effective will he be in the game? I'm not sure, but at the same time, he's mm-hmm. a threat. Got to mm-hmm. account for him, so it's a plus having him yeah, in, in there regardless. I think... Yeah, man, I think the Bears are going to get washed in this game. I would love to see Drew Brees take an L in the first round. I really would, just because... I've always, you know, I've always gotten tired of people trying to say he's on the same level as Brady, even though, I mean, I'm pretty sure most people know he's not, but I think, I think, I definitely think this is like the most, well, actually, no, I think maybe, no, I was going to say maybe Steelers Brown might be the most obvious. We'll talk about that, but no, this is like the most obvious, like W to me is the Saints beating the Bears. Yeah, you said you said you were tired of hearing people saying that he's on the same level as Tom Brady. I heard people saying he was like better than Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, like, it went, no, it's, it's very funny. Like, look no. at when, when you when you when you take Breeze's career. One, when you like look at kind of maybe like the first half of the Saints when he was just throwing picks like crazy, and then you look at his numbers in a dome versus out of a dome. Like, pfft. exactly. Nah, <laughs> Breeze ain't Breeze ain't on the level as some of those guys. I'm, I mean, I love Breeze, but let's face it, he didn't, he never won a league MVP for a reason. Not 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 to knock on him, but because those guys were in their yeah, primes too, facts. and it was just better. You couldn't have said it any better myself. <laughs> those guys are just better than Breeze. Breeze is nice, mm-hmm. but he's, he's not he's not that good. Not yeah, that yeah. good. Like he's just Brady been around for a long time. He's compiled a lot of stats. He played in a very quarterback friendly offense, where he just got to throw for a ton of yards and just. You've been able to compile numbers. It is what it is. Exactly. I mean, I don't want to see him lose in the first round because then I, I, I'm pretty sure if he lost in the first round, um, I think he can call it a career. I believe he's 42 or going on 42. I believe. Yep. He's he's already. I, I, mean, yeah, I, I could be he's wrong. Coming back. I think this is it for him. 
Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, on top of that, I think the Saints are <laughs> going to have some like serious like um, um, salary cap impl- implications that they've got to navigate for the next season anyway. So it, they, I think they need him to retire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So you you said that this is going to be a home run, basically. Like this is like the m- most obvious pick of the yeah, that's right. matchups we have this weekend, right? Has a chance to beat the Bears, even though the Bears are ranked um, first at stopping the opponent's top receivers. Yeah, yeah, because even though so one Michael Thomas is just really good at getting open and creating layups, but Alvin Kamara, True. <laughs> that's that's always just like a big factor. I think I think Breeze is just going to be like death by a thousand cuts. They've got a great offensive line. They have talents. All over the place. I think the I think the the Saints will be fine in this game. I I mean, even though even though Trubisky has been playing well, I I just don't think I don't see Trubisky doing any, enough in this game to win, especially versus that Saints defense that's been playing so well. Yeah, I, I was just about to say. All right, so we know that Breeze. We've questioned his ability to get the ball on the field all season long. But then I remember it. He's going against. The yeah, Saints. if you're if you're telling me he that if if I got to choose like Breeze in the Saints offense versus Mitchell Trubisky, well, Breeze in the Saints offense versus the Bears defense, as opposed to Mitchell Trubisky in the Bears offense versus the Saints defense, the fir- the former just seems like the better matchup for for the Saints. It just seems like like Breeze is just going to score more, put more points on the board than Trubisky will. Yeah, I, I, think, yeah. I think that's what it really will come down to in this game hmm. with the quarterbacks. <laughs> All right, so we're going to move on to the last contest. Sunday night, nightcap, 8.20 p.m. Rematch of last week, week 17, and AFC North uh, matchups. Um, Browns at Steelers. Browns first time making the playoffs in 2002. And listen, that city mm-hmm. has gone through a, a lot, a lot of a, a long drought. And, the, and so I'm happy for them. Um, but yeah, I feel you. Steelers should win this game. I mean, nobody, nobody really important played last week. And they were a two-point conversion yeah. away from winning, yes. from winning the game. Big Ben the game didn't play. So, T.J. Watt didn't play. Their starting center, Marquise Pouncey, he didn't play. Cameron Hayward, like their best uh, defensive end, he didn't mm-hmm. play. Mason Rudolph started, and I think they were – he had almost came – they were down by like 15 points and like basically came back, and the Browns had to like squeak out a victory. And then you add on top of that Kevin Stefanski, the head coach, and then Joel Batonio, uh, one of their starting guards. Uh, he's a Pro Bowl guard. He's really good. Both um, tested positive for COVID and aren't going to be in the game. At the game, the Browns are going to get washed. Washed. You think it's gonna be that big of a of a I disparity? Feel like it probably will. I think Nick Chubb is. I think Nick Chubb is gonna get his work, but <laughs> they barely beat the Steelers, and they don't. And in a game, yeah, in a game that they needed, they, they barely beat the Steelers. And then crazy. you add on top of that, like their head, their head coach ain't gonna be there, and then. One of the key components is is their offensive line and their run game, and they just like lost one of their starting guards. I don't see the Browns winning this game. I feel like this is like this is also kind of like a slam dunk for the Steelers, even though the they they can't push the ball downfield, they can't run the ball, and they just dropping the ball all over the place. I think you know Miles Garrett will probably say what's up to Big Ben more than once, <laughs> but. I, I still think the Steelers win this game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, the Steelers, even, even though they've been on a on a skid for ever since their eleven and zero start, so they've been they've been shaky mm-hmm. for the most part since their eleven and zero start. I mean, you you have to you have to like them in this contest. If you're a betting man, there's no Absolutely. way you're not going to put money down on big betting company to get the job done. Even though Baker Baker has been playing better, but Baker is spotty. Like Baker's first time. In the postseason, under the bright lights, nightcap. How is he going to perform? I don't know what I'm going to get out of Baker. I, think I don't Baker, know what to expect. Baker will play well. I think it'll play well, um, but I, I just don't think it'll be enough, especially with Kevin Stefanski not being there. Yeah, man, that's tough. 
that, 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 that the coach can't even be there due to COVID. This is why I've been saying they should have had a, a, a bubble mm-hmm. implemented, at least for the playoffs, so we can have these games not be like decided or mm-hmm. impacted by external fact- factors. Natural factor that yeah, it's kind of one of those those control. crappy things where we talked about like way before everything started is is that you know that COVID could potentially like impact like really important games and you know we're seeing that. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Um, it, you know what? It's, it's kind of crazy to me. Well, actually, it's not crazy to me. Well, I was, I was going to tie this into the, you know the. The, the pro Trump rally that had took place in the the basically the the, the wow. terrorist acts that took place down in the nation's capital. I'm I'm surprised that the league didn't um even really address that matter. Did they address it? Cause I, when I'm feeling like Washington to probably like didn't even like I talk not, about canceling the I, game I, I or didn't hear, yeah I didn't hear or probably postponing the NFL, game. I didn't hear anything. Who knows? Probably probably a bunch of those owners and probably a bunch of the uh, bunch of just coaches around the league or with that stop the steal stuff. Hell, Jack Del Rio is like, I'm pretty sure he's like a big, I think he's like a big conservative or Trump supporter. So Jack Del Rio is the defensive coordinator for the Washington football team. So uh, you have the time when it comes to like some of the B that supporting Black Lives Matter and I guess maybe acknowledging that they're wrong for what they did to cap. It, it's it's all like lip service. They ain't, they ain't about it for real. Oh, of course not nice. about it for real. That's, 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 that's all bullshit. Because you would have realized that Alonzo, it took you that long to realize you yeah, were it wrong was, it, would, it just became extra like playing the obvious. And then when you have someone like Patrick Mahomes adding like his name to it and he's the best quarterback in the game and he's kind of like the future of the league as a, as far as like, you know, marquee. Yeah, you know, that being the face and, you the know, face. the marquee quarterbacks given, you know, like Brady, Breeze, on their way out. Roethlisberger probably only got like a couple more years. You know, Rodgers before the season kind of looked like he was like on his way out because he was like declining for almost like five years straight until he kind of had a resurgence in um, the second year in Matt LaFleur's offense. So it, it was just lip service to kind of keep uh, their black star players happy because uh, those players were able to like exercise their leverage maybe in a way that they weren't able to during the Kaepernick fiasco. Yeah. So I haven't seen any NFL players like come out and talk about what transpired in the, in the Kaepernick. I haven't. Today. Maybe you know, have you? Like, I didn't really like Twitter comments, but I also know that it's the playoffs and, you know, it's the playoffs, so they're probably going to try to stay nah, as focused true. on everything as possible because it's a one-and-done type of thing. I don't, you know, the NBA, you know, they, we've seen statements and kneel-downs. I think Kyrie Irving actually isn't playing tonight, and then it said for, like, personal reasons, so I'm wondering if, that, if that's why. But, you, yeah. know, you know, it's the NFL. So much money involved. Everything's one-and-done winning a championship or even winning a playoff game can have so many like contract implications and future earning implications. I think they're going to be like as on top of their, like on top of the games as they possibly can. So I I definitely think like any comments about it or maybe you'll see like a kneel down or something like that, but that's about as far as it'll go. Mm, yeah, and it's crazy. Like, I I would just think that you would see more players, like NFL players, like be visual on this matter. Seeing how like you started, like you know, what I'm saying you started seeing them come on, come out and talk about Black Lives Matter. They had that campaign. I don't think that that was that was like sponsored yep. by the NFL, but you know, the campaign we had like the Mahomes and other players. So um, I was like, why aren't they saying anything right now? It's like, a little weird to me, yep. but it makes sense what you're, what you're saying, though. That makes sense. Well, actually, I think I saw a first take. I, I don't remember what he said, but Ron, Ron Rivera was talking about it. I've been, I've been honestly, hell, I, honestly, like, I had this week, this week, I haven't been watching as much because usually, maybe like Monday, Tuesday, I I usually catch up on things. I'll watch it after the fact or I'll listen to the podcast. But over with everything going on, or like usually I'll do it like Wednesday. And then um, I'll I'll usually put my notes together so that we can record, record the podcast. 
but yeah. basically since almost like 10 a.m i was just watching cnn all day just with everything going on because i was just like and i usually don't do that i'm not like a poli- big politics person you know I, i'm i'm informed but i won't sit there like watching the the minutiae on television but what i saw yesterday was just like so ridiculous and so crazy that i was i was watching cnn damn near until like two o'clock in the morning two three in the morning yeah i was pretty much just waiting for like the biden election when to be actually like certified by congress just for it to be done because i was just like i don't know what what craziness might happen just like in the 11th hour given what we saw yesterday because that was just the craziest and most ridiculous thing i've ever seen yeah, man, like, yeah, it was, it was wild. Like, first take, first take, even had to address it. Like, I feel like they went more in depth with issues similar to this mm-hmm. that has transpired, like, ever since, like, Kaepernick took the knee. Um, yeah, like, you, you, you couldn't even, like, you couldn't have won it. You couldn't have won the elephant in the room. Like, you, you had to address it. And they did a good job of it today, I felt. Yeah, I got to get back. I got to go back and, like, watch it. But for the most part, almost all day long, I've just been – Looking at news, looking at news, checking on things, looking at like more news, seeing if they're gonna enact the twenty fifth amendment, seeing if they're gonna like do impeachment. So, at the very least, he can't run for public office again. Doesn't really look like it's gonna happen, um, based on just based on how things have been going and the amount of votes that they would need to get it done. But this is just like it's it's shameful, and I tell like it's. It's a really like sad thing where mm-hmm. I can maybe understand Republican politics, maybe as it relates to like economics, where you like lose me is as it relates to when you're taught when you're when you 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 try to spread that umbrella to keep like racists in your camp and make sure you secure their votes and eh, Trumpism like. Like I, I have a friend of mine who I went to went to high school with, and we played football together. And he's like a good person, but you know he's like a white libertarian, and we we go at it like all the time. And I just told him the other day, and I'm just like, man, you're you're like a grown man who's basically just wrapped up in like a cult of like personality because there's literally nothing about Trump that you can say is like leadership. There's nothing about Trump that gives you. Any any indication that he's like an, an especially like intelligent person, he's a rich kid with a silver spoon with it in his mouth who has absolutely no like redeemable qualities whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like it's just past the point of politics, where it's just like what's good and bad, what's moral, immoral. Um, I think that mm-hmm. this is just what it is. Like, where at that point, like politics is like out the window. It's just about like what's good, what's bad. Yeah, it, this is this is like a step beyond. It's wow. Type. Yeah. I can, you yeah. know, what I'm saying you, 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 these people just basically voted to put like a celebrity in the White House, and these. Yeah, we 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 seen the uh, crazy mishandling of a pan, of a of a um, coronavirus, which led to a pandemic. Now we have this. It's 2021 starting off crazy. Hopefully it, things cool off. Man. It is. It is. Hopefully. You know. Do you know? For me, kind of out of out of this whole thing, I mean, getting Trump out of here was definitely like a important thing to me. But honestly, the the more the more important thing to me was the Senate races, both before and after the Georgia runoffs, because I wanted McConnell gone. Like that was top of my list and. It looks like that's going to happen, so I'm super, super pumped about that. You know, uh, both Ossoff and Raphael Warnock's wins are out of range for for recounts. They they can't ask for a recount because the margins are too big. So that's at least one hurdle, you know. But Kemp is the governor there, so who knows what's going to happen? So. I, I told everybody I know, I'm like, yeah, you know, they said Senate took back, uh, Democrats took back the Senate. And I'm like, yeah, that's fine. But I'm not not celebrating or saying anybody like one until I see somebody's hand on the Bible and they're like seated because we have seen how Republicans roll. We sure have. It's, it's crazy, man. But ho- hopefully uh, 
we'll we'll see what what twenty twenty one has in store. Yeah. Um. But yeah, man, this is good. Um. Good stuff. Good conversation we have here, man. Mm-hmm. What you know for the rest of the night? Oh, well, you're gonna be just laid up and watching TV. Laid up and watching TV. Um. Uh, Hell's Kitchen, the new season starts tonight, so I'm probably gonna watch that. That starts in like 15 minutes. Um, am I low key kind of excited, even though, um, rest in peace to Pimp C? But, uh, I guess uh, I don't know if you just saw who you saw, but um, Bun B confirmed that he's doing a versus versus eight ball and MGG, which is I think I heard I think I heard that yesterday. I didn't hear that yesterday, I just heard I just saw that now, but that's dope. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that that is dope. One for the coach. That man. is that is that's yeah, that's dope. Um, but other than that, I'm just chilling. Yeah, I'm probably gonna watch this uh, Nets and uh, Sixers game. It's whack that both Kyrie and KD, KD ain't gonna play, but whatever. Um, I, I, I haven't really watched basketball like that because yo, I'd be tired. Like, <laughs> I fall asleep. Like, I, I can't get, I, I can't really get past halftime. For East Coast games anymore, I'd be knocked. Like I wake up like at three in the morning. Like what the yeah, I on? feel you. when it comes to when it comes to NBA, there's just so many games. So usually, yeah. I'll usually maybe like watch on the weekends, and then half the time I don't watch. Maybe until maybe like the second quarter of the season, and I'll just like catch the highlights on like YouTube or something like that. And then I like watch it or I wa- record Celtics games and like watch after the fact. I just I just don't have the time. That's why I, you know that's why the NFL to me is just like so much of an easier product because you know I just chill in my one place on Sunday. They got their games. The games are of like big importance because one loss can mean whether or not you make the playoffs or not. You know it's just it's just how it is. This this the scarcity just makes it that much more important. So I, when it comes to the the Celtics, I usually wait until like maybe like two or three months in. Yeah. Yeah, and, and for some reason, I'm still not used to fans not being in NBA arenas. This is weird to me. Football is like, I don't, I don't think the fans really matter to me as much as I thought they would. Definitely do. Football. <laughs> As opposed to basketball, it's crazy. Yeah, I'm watching these games. Like, I think that's the reason why, like, I'm I've been like kind of disinterested so far in the season. But I got, I got to pick it up. Yeah, not, not, not having fans in there is is weird. But NFL, you don't you don't need fans. I mean, they need fans for like the money, but the product, you pff, care less. Yeah, because I feel like basketball has like has been drastically changed without the fan, without the fans. Yeah, that that, from, that product, from, from a product standpoint, yeah, that fan energy. Well, I won't, I won't say drastically changed, but you, you notice a difference in the. In yeah, the that product. fan energy, especially when like big plays happen or something crazy happens, definitely like makes a difference. Exactly, um, but all right, man. So we can wrap it up here, my G. Uh, we'll, we'll keep in contact for the weekend. Hey, with absolutely. Games. On Twitter, all right, man. All right, hey, be good, sir. All right. Thank you to the homie E's. Thank you to Anchor. Thank you guys for your continued support. And to any new listeners, thank you for taking the time to hear this. And if you haven't already, be sure to hit that subscribe button as you can find this podcast just about everywhere you listen to all your favorite podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and more platforms this is on you can follow me on social media instagram twitter and clubhouse at mr vincent 13 and you can also like my facebook fan page as well emmanuel vincent um that's all the time i have for now uh we're probably going to come back next week with the nfl um divisional round preview not sure if i'll get a podcast or two in between then but if i do you'll know certainly on all my social media platforms until then y'all stay blessed stay safe Take care.